and welcome back to the Sports and 60 podcast. My name is Patrick Grudberg. I am your host tonight. We are back from our long hiatus once again. Took like another month off. We're very bad. Trying to do our best. Miles, Eduardo, how are you guys tonight? I'm doing pretty good, man. Like this quarantine is kind of annoying, but we're getting through it together. So, you know, pretty good. Yeah. How about you, I do? I mean, I'm doing fine. It's definitely been a busy month for me, you know. Got my first job. I'm still young, you know. Still a high school student. Got my first job. Finished school, you know. I was I was kind of pretty busy to be honest. Which, which I mean, it is what it is. But again, you know, like Miles said, hanging in there, you know, waiting for things to be as normal as they can, and uh, you know, excited to uh, be part of this podcast. Yep, mm-hmm. I feel like that's been the story of every single time our check-ins. You know, we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. We're hanging yeah. in there. We're hanging in there. But yeah, yeah I think it is the truth. Yeah. Yeah, it is the truth, and that's kind of been the mantra throughout the whole quarantine. But um, yeah, I graduated from high school, boys. I did it. I made it. Congratulations, class of twenty twenty, Patrick. Yes, sir. We're all on our way. We're all moving up. Everybody's moving up. Eduardo's a senior. Miles, you're a second year student. Camel proud. Yeah, man. This is the best of times. (laughs) It is the worst of times, as Charles D said it. Um. All right. So what our plan is today. We're going to not really focus on, we'll go at the end, we're going to do a little bit of a news roundup and talk about the NBA returning, the Prem, um, La Liga, um, you know, just the sports that are returning and have returned. Um, But the bulk of our show tonight is going to be a debate about the U.S. men's national team in the state of soccer in the United States. So more, more, more specifically, more specifically about whether or not uh, U.S. men's national team has a future, and whether or not uh, U.S. men's national team is uh is living up to the standards of the fans. Yeah, yeah, and and whether or not they will win a World Cup, which we will get to. So basically, it's between me and Miles right now. I think Eduardo is probably more of the mediator. So um, I'm gonna let yeah, Miles. I'm gonna let Miles present his case first. Then we're going to go from here. First, some ground rules. You can't interject. You can't jump in. This isn't first take. This isn't Stephen A. and Max Kellerman and Ryan Hollins, fake NBA player. Um, oh, that guy's a bum. I know, bro. 55 overall in NBA 2K10 then becomes first take. They just pluck those guys <laughs> out of the street. Um, anyway, all right. Um, yeah, so that's basically it. You know, we're, we're, we're idiots at the end of the day, so what do we know? Um, but – yeah, we're just trying yeah. to keep some uh, keep some civility with this. All right, ready? Um, Eduardo, you can hand it off to my sir, Mister Houston. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of gonna be like you know, I don't I don't want to be like Molly. You're gonna be like Molly. I'm gonna be. I mean, I do have an opinion. I'll I'll probably share it last, you know, because they're the, they're like the two polar opposites, and then I have my own view. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to hand it on to Miles. Uh, Miles, okay, so okay. what's your take on this? What's your take on the U.S. men's national team? And what do you see him in Yeah, so, unfortunately, as an American, I feel like the U.S. men's national team, honestly, they have no future whatsoever. Um, I just think that they're, like, they haven't really done much at all in their, like, history. I mean, they beat, like, Ghana in, like, 2014. And, like, everyone's celebrating the streets that they just had, like, won the final. And I understand that they have some, like, big, like, like rivalry with Ghana. But, like, it was kind of sad. I mean, it was fun to watch them, like, beat them. But it was kind of sad. And at the same time, to see, like, such a reaction that they got for, like, beating some, like, random nation. 
I know. I and don't get me wrong. Like Ghana's a good team, but like, just like to see like how like excited like everyone got for that win was like kind of like they're like okay guys, it's like let's like chill out for a second. Um, to clear to clear it up, I mean Ghana's not a random nation. It was it, it was yeah yeah it was a, yeah yeah in the eyes of Miles, it wasn't it wasn't a I super like random. That, I mean like it uh, wasn't like a, it just like wasn't like a yeah it wasn't a superpower. It was kind of like a. It was kind of like a mediocre, like mid-tier, like Not, team. Like it wasn't like a, you know what I mean? It wasn't like yeah, a, yeah. They were like the other lower team in the group of death. Yeah, like you, you could see like Senegal is an African nation that I would say is like up, like a bit above like mid-tier. I think they have a lot of like you know talent. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been more recent, yeah. But like yeah. I think the main stage are like Algeria yeah. and. Um, Nigeria. Yeah. But as I'm saying, like, Nigeria, they're not, like, yeah. the best, like, they're, not, they're just, like, not the best team. Like, the fact that they celebrated so much was a bit concerning, just, like, to say the least. Now, present day, or, like, so, or, you know, 2018, like, that area. The fact that they couldn't beat Trinidad and Tobago, not even beat, just gonna tie, is, is, like, is one of the saddest things I've ever seen as a, as a soccer fan, as, like, as a fan in general of any sport, the fact they couldn't get a tie against this team is what is really alarming. And not to mention, like, you, like, look at other, like, smaller European nations, like Iceland, for example. Um, their population is about the same as, like, Corpus Christi, Texas, or, like, Anaheim, California. So, like, what I'm trying to say is they're, pop- like, they're extremely small compared to the United States in terms of population and, like, size, obviously. But, like, this small nation was able to go to, was able to go to Russia in 2018 and perform, I mean, relatively well. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they came in last in their group, but the fact that they were able to go, like, just kind of proves, like, how sad, like, U.S. soccer is, especially, like, the amount of money we put into it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, like, it's just sad to see, like... Yeah, they didn't make it to the group of sixteen or anything, but the fact that they were able to qualify is just like it's just like upsetting to see like all they they're like like how how many resources they have compared to us. That's a very, in my opinion, an alarming uh, you know fact. I mean, I, yeah, I think I think I think Miles, not to interrupt you or anything, but I think you also wanted to focus a bit on the Euro Cup of Iceland in twenty sixteen, yeah. I believe it was, which I mean they 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 had a pretty good run, you know, they kind of. They kind of uh, sold their name out there, and they kind of established themselves uh, as a small nation, but a good nation. And they were able to qualify to the to the World Cup. Yeah. And uh, you know, Miles is of course sharing his opinions about a country that you know, as he said, it's it's smaller, it's smaller than than one of the fifty yeah. states in uh in the United States, and was able to outperform a big nation. And also, let's not get like let's not get like let's not like forget. The United States is one of the weakest, like, divisions for professional football. Like, let's be real. CONCACAF is not is not great compared to any other league. Yes, it has some good footballing nations. Federation. And, like, federation. Yeah, federation, yeah. Yes, sorry, confederation. Good... Whatever. Okay, let me explain. Yes they, like, yes, they have some very good, like, nations in Mexico, like Costa Rica. But, like, compare that to, like, any other, like, confederation... It's just sad that the U.S. can't, like, come out of that with a qualification. I mean, it's just upsetting. Like, I mean, any other, like, European nation would outperform the U.S. 
like any other like not even like not even like a Spain or a France, like a mid tier team like Iceland for example. Like a, yeah, like, like a, a I mean, even maybe a Greece, dude. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, the fact that the United States is this like poor, like is this bad? It's just it's just upsetting when you think of the amount of money that's put in U.S. soccer and like development development of players. Like, it's just extremely upsetting. Like any like any other European nation. Yeah. Like, if you look at this year, like Croatia, um. I mean, you know, like Croatia, for example, or even Sweden. I mean, they went far. I mean, even like Switzerland, like all these nations that made it to the World Cup and like qualified to the round of 16, like they survived group stage. Like they're like, there's there's tiny compared to the United States as a whole. And it's just sad to like, it's just sad to see. Um, But yeah, man, like it's just upsetting. I just, like, don't even – I just don't feel like there's, like, that much of a future. Yes, I understand that they have some, like, big like, young names coming up, like, um, you know, like, headline, like, Sergeant and um, McKinney. But, like – You forgot about my boy. Gio Reyna, Pulisic. Oh, yeah, Pulisic. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Of... You can't this just – This is my thing. Name. This, this you can't is just my go on that name. Yeah, well, we don't said, say pool hey, for no hey, interruption. Hey, hey. We said interruption. No, no, hey, no interjection. <laughs> no interjection. Yeah, I, I know I, he's a he's a baller and a half. He's he's a very good player. Like I understand that. Like he's amazing for Chelsea. Pulisic is an amazing player. Like he is world class. He's one of the best players in the world. Like for his age, I'm not arguing that. But you look at. He's one of the best yeah. players in the country. So like you look at like all these young players. Yes, like they're up and coming. But then you look at, like, any other European nation, like, they also have young, young players coming up. I mean, look at France. Like, they had Mbappe come up. They, they had a pretty yeah, young Mbappe, team. They Mbappe, wanted uh, So, my point is this. Pavard. Yes. Yeah, yeah Pavard. So, my point is this. Yes, while the U.S. has, like, good young talent coming up through, like, their developmental programs, so does every other other major and like not you know as major like European nation or any other nation for that matter, you know and like Latin America like that's my point like even with the U.S. like having young like guys come up, I just don't see them as like having that much of an impact in terms of, like a winning like a major like championship like a World Cup or anything like I could see them like qualifying like in in a few years but like I don't I don't I really just don't see them winning like, a World Cup, like, anytime soon. Um, I think there will always be, at best, there will be, like, a mid-tier team. I don't think they're ever going to be a superpower, quite honestly. Um, I just don't think soccer, yes, the sport of soccer is growing in America, but I just don't feel like it will ever be coming to a point where it's as big, like, as, a, like, a nation, like, as, like, soccer is in, like, Spain or the UK or, you know, any other, like, powerful, like, European nation. So... Yeah, that's just my point. Like, I just don't think the United States will ever like be as powerful as like like a France or a Spain. Okay, that's fair. So, uh, Pat, as a as a more than as a as a big U.S. men's national soccer team, as a as a fan who watches most games, as a you know a kid who has played soccer his entire life, what are your views on the national team and? how they're going to evolve and what's going to happen in the future. First off, I want to apologize for interjecting. I get very touchy when you talk about the Lord and Savior, <laughs> Christian, Pulisic. Um, and he, but I'm sorry, and I'll go on. And I'm sorry. 
Okay. Um, I'm not necessarily an optimist in life. I can be in some regard, and sports, I think, is one of the facets of life that I do fall into the category of you know, being an optimist. And I am confident that the men's national team will win a World Cup by 2050 in 30 years. And here is how. So I think what, like Miles said, you know, the tragedy in 2017, late 2017, losing to Trinidad and not even getting a result. You see the Taylor Twelman rant on ESPN. You see all the stuff. Alexi Lawless goes crazy. All, all this U.S. soccer culture is put into chaos. But I think in a lot of things in life, you need a catalyst to start change. You needed, you needed U.S. soccer to wake up to realize, okay, if we can't beat Trinidad, what are we doing? In the words of Taylor Twelman, what are we doing? We needed something like that. We needed some catalyst to spark the change. And I think, you know, I know Polistic was still on that team that was trying to qualify, but he was still like incredibly young. He was what? That was still that was going on three years ago. So um, I think I'm just going to flesh out the steps that we need to take to get the U.S. to win a World Cup. I'm not saying by 2026 or by 2022 or whenever, just to win a World Cup by 2050. So like I said, we need the catalyst. We have the catalyst with the Trinidad game, not qualifying for the World Cup. I think that's going to spark some real like, self-reflection. What are we doing? Um, and as you guys may know, the U.S. is joint uh, with a joint bid with Canada and Mexico is hosting the 2026 World Cup in six years' time. Six Wait, years. Hold up, Pat. Pat um, hold up a second. I think yep. I, for a minute. So, not uh, what you missed. You you were talking about uh, Pulisic and uh, how uh, he was playing the 2016 World Cup. I think we got disconnected for a minute. Are you sure? All right. Um. Wait, Miles. Can you hear me fine? Yeah, I can. Okay. All right. Um. Did you hear me fine throughout the entire thing? Yes, I did. I think it okay. was Eduardo who had oh, okay. issues. All right. Um, that, uh, yeah, then, I, then you can then, yeah, then you can cut this off. Okay. No, no, we can keep it in. We're, we're keeping it in, folks. We're keeping it in. Um, no, you, you didn't miss anything. I just said, you know, <laughs> like, I, I, just, I, I just said Pulisic, ew, he, 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 was, he was only young when he was playing on, like, the team trying to qualify for the 18 World Cup, and now he's going to be a fully hum, uh, fully um, matured, that's what I'm looking for, matured uh, player. And, you know, I know we like to say he's, like, world class, but truly he's not world class yet. He's a good Premier League player. He's a good Premier League player who is now getting more and more minutes for Chelsea. Um, you know, he obviously scored recently to give Liverpool the title. He scored against Aston Villa before that. He had the hat trick against Burnley. He loves playing against those teams in Claret and Blue. Um, but that, I'm, side, I'm sidetracked. Okay. So my point, my first point is that the turning point is going to be in 2026 when we host the World Cup. I'm going to compare this to 1994, the last time we hosted the World Cup. So in 1994, um, this is quoted from an article that says um, this, this, you know, this, the 1994 World Cup, won the sport more attention from both the media and casual sports fans. The tournament was successful, drawing an average attendance of 68,000, a World Cup record that still stands today. Um, it drew TV audiences, record TV audiences in the U.S., yada, yada, yada. So... Along with that, you know, it really 
um, like it's it's like another catalyst, and that's I think that's what this is going to be. And you know, after the nineteen ninety four World Cup, the nineteen ninety six in nineteen ninety six, the MLS was founded, and the MLS, although it has its um, shortcomings, you know, it's basically become a, a senior senior home for old European legends to uh, finish off their careers. David Beckham, Ibrahimovic, Gerard, Pirlo, you name it, all those lads. Um, but you know, you, we, we needed we needed some league. We, we had we had some league. It was like the the was it the USL? I don't know. There was some. There was another league that was before the MLS. Um, with I think it had like the New York Cosmos or whatever. But this, I think the MLS actually established soccer in the U.S. as like okay, we have a staple league like the NBA, like the MLB, like the NHL, like the NFL. You know, like we have a league. Um, and I think it's, even though I like to make fun of it a lot, it becomes the butt of a lot of jokes. I think it is becoming a little bit more competitive. It's not only the home of old European legends now. You know, you see Miggy Almiron from Atlanta United, who's a young 20-something-year-old, get signed by Newcastle, although Newcastle's not a big club, but they're a his, history, I'd say a big club in terms of England. Um, and, you know, they have some other guys, Josef Martinez on Atlanta United. They have, um, I think his name, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Barco, who's a young, like, I think he's like 19 years old. They have a bunch of great young stars who are, you know, I mean, those aren't Americans, but we're starting to build a culture where young players can kickstart their careers in the U.S. Um, and Miles, you've said that the um, the sport of soccer. Yeah, I mean, even, even. I mean, uh, just a quick addition. I mean, even uh, Alphonse Davies, who's killing it right now. Yes, Bayern, yes, of course. He, was, uh, he also started his career in the MLS. Yeah, so, um, Miles, what I was saying, um, you, you said that soccer is still not as popular as other sports, but even before what this, what this turning point is going to be in 2026, um, I have some couple facts from an ESPN FC article. Um, as of 2012, 30% of American households contain someone playing soccer, a figure second only to baseball. Um, a 2011 ESPN sports poll ranked soccer as the second most popular sport in the country for 12 to 24-year-olds in 2011. Right, let, me, let me explain so, something about that, though. You can finish your point, but let me, say, let me comment on that. Okay. All right, yeah. I right, do I have the floor? Yes, you do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. soccer is popular, like for many households. But you just think about it, like so many kids in America, like from a young age, play soccer, and they like drop it like from their like schedule. Like, soccer is a huge introductory sport in America, but like after like a certain age, like like there's like a huge drop off from like participation in soccer. So yes, it's like popular among like younger ages. But like eventually, like 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 the participation like percent just like falls off, and really like soccer is only seen as like a introductory sport, like a you know what I mean like it's not yeah I know what you mean yeah no yeah. I understand that uh, the, the the second the second point I think is way more important I'll repeat it again uh, ESPN Sports Bowl 2011 ranked soccer as the second most popular sport in the country for 12 to 24 year olds and those 12 to 24 year olds are going to be maturing into early 30s you know early for mid mid to late thirties, whatever they're becoming adults by the time 2026 hits. And if those fans are already soccer 
are, are those fans already, you know, attached to soccer? Um, can you imagine what that's going to be after the 2026 World Cup when a huge amount of people find soccer again? Um, like even at, even like it did in 2014, you know, there was a there's a spike after every World Cup. But I think having it in the country again, I think it's going to have similar effects than it that it did in 1994. Um, I, I went on a little sidetrack there again, but I'll um, I'll make my second point. So the second point needs to be the return of the developmental academy. Recently, because of the COVID and all the COVID-19 pandemic and all that, the DA permanently closed because of financial struggles. So that is a big no-no if we're going to have to, you know, find the light at the end of the tunnel and get this stuff rolling. Um, we need a developmental academy. I'm not asking for this to be Barca's youth academy where they're literally trained from like 12 years old, had a score one time finishes outside the box and do tiki-taka all day long. But we just need something that um, allows us not to rely on all these dual citizenship players. Um, you know, and I think like most other businesses and organizations that have been hit hard recently, I think they can recover and then open up in a couple of years. Um, but like I said, we needed to start developing players from home. We've had a huge tendency to, you know, poach, like, like I was about to say, dual citizenship players, mostly from Germany recently, you know, due to Klinsmann's uh, connection there. In the 2014 World Cup, eight out of the 23 players held dual citizenship. Aaron Johansson, Old. Alarm went off. Sorry. Um, sorry. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, on the positive side, the next generation have been mostly homegrown, you know, Christian Pulisic and all that. But I know what Miles is going to say, you know, they, they kickstarted their career in. Germany or in the in Europe so the last step like so the you know the 2026 World Cup the DA needs to get upstarted and become an actual force and then the MLS needs to be a desirable destination to grow and kickstart players careers um yes okay all right but um, can I speak on that no no no, no but I just need to make one more last point and then I'll be done I'll go. <laughs> no, okay yet. Yet. so you know like these, like I said, you know, Pulisic, Weston McKenney, Tyler Adams, Josh Sargent, Gio Reyna—they're all playing in the Prem or the Bundesliga. So we need to, once we attract more fans to soccer, and we establish a solid DA, a developmental academy that um, that'll bring in more athletes. We need more athletes to just instead of playing this sport, they'll come to soccer and not only use it as an introductory sport but stay with the sport. Once we build that base of kids for like maybe 10 years who are playing soccer. I think that's going to get, that's going to be what gets the DA started and the M is going to grow because of that. Um, but the last step we need is a coach because throughout all our history, I mean, we've had Klinsman who was a German and I think during 1994 we had, um, oh, it was like a, I, I don't remember what nationality he was, but um, you know, we've had, all American manager. I think that's because of our, you know, our, our culture of American individualism. Like we need to have an American coach, the American team in the American way. Um, but, you know, plenty of other countries have done, have used international managers. I mean, you saw Claudio Ranieri, Italian coach, the Greek team to the um, Euro cup, like the early two thousands, um, you know, and like, like, there's plenty of examples of it, but I think we could take one of these guys from Europe and just 
we need a guy um, who's kind of like a like a manager of men, like a Greg Popovich, like a Steve Kerr, a guy who understands the locker room, you know, like a Jurgen Klopp type character who just kind of appreciates his players and just kind of molds his team as more of like a, a mentor rather than like imposing tactics on him. So once we kind of get that kind of manager, I think we can we can get this thing rolling. I'm sorry, I probably took like well, that was probably like ten minutes on that, but um, I just wanted to lay that all out. No, no, it's fine. All right, let me uh, let me form a little I'm rebuttal out. on that. And okay, I think the big, I think the big like reason why the U.S. is so like inconsistent and like can't win much is because of that development. I think that's a huge issue. Um, the shutdown of the DA is a huge step backwards for uh, developing soccer here. Um, but my but my main point as to why soccer like development is so poor here and why the U.S. like won't really have a future ever is just because of like American culture. Like, other like other than other like outside of the like, European nations that have like like developmental like academies where like when you're twelve like you enter that like you develop like your entire life to you know be like, a soccer player. In America, like education is such a big thing, but like things like that don't exist. Like. Like, there's, like, a laws that are put in place that don't allow kids to, like, continue going to school and like then while also, like, develop, like playing soccer in, like, an academy. So, like, there's no, like, you can't, like, do both here. I think that's a huge issue because, like, in any other, like, powerful, like, nation, they have, like, academies, like, that, you know, are set up for kids, like, like when they're, like, young, from, like, the time when they're young and then they, they develop them, like, throughout their entire lives for them to be, you know ready to you know perform in like competitions like that's not a thing here like like there's a huge stigma in the u.s with education that you have to like finish school and go to college and that that's a huge like that's a huge downside for the development players here because like you're losing out on like years and years of development like when which can be like very beneficial for them and so eventually like it just becomes like after, after college like there's really like no hope in like development and like, like that much because you know they're getting older and you can't you know what I mean like there's no there's yeah, no real system mean. like here that allows for like people like you know develop into great players. Um, yeah, but um, yeah. what this isn't my point, but like in the in the Barcelona Academy, if I'm not mistaken, I know they're still going to like a school. They're not just like being uneducated. Like there's obviously you know it's not as rigorous as a normal high school or middle school or whatever but they're still getting an education but like further from that um i think they can coexist between getting an education and developing a strong force of a developmental academy i mean i know kids my age kids our age who are played you know uh, we i have a kid who i grew up and i was in kindergarten with and i played so I didn't play soccer with him, but I grew up going to school with him throughout elementary school and middle school and high school. And now he's playing in college soccer and he was in the U S Academy. I mean, it was kind of a juggling act. I know he would miss a lot of school. So I think it's hard to just, you can't really pick one or the other, but I think if we established academies where they met the standards for, you know, getting a high school diploma and whatnot like that, I think they could probably appease the public's obsession, like you said, with getting an education and finishing college. Um, yeah, but that's the issue. Like, you can't – you really can't do both. If you, like, if you really want to, like, like, develop a really strong player, 
like I feel like juggling school and like development with like when it comes to soccer is like really hard to do. I feel like if you like balance both those, they're they're not gonna be at the, they're never gonna be at the level of like a European like developmental program like Spain or France or you know Germany. So I feel like that's like one of the main reasons. All right, before 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 you, before you guys carry it away, let me let me let me share yeah. my view. Okay. So, I'm a fair believer that, you know, before succeeding, you need, you need to fail, you know. And the United States has done that already. So, uh, I mean, I don't fully agree with Miles because I believe the United States uh, soccer is a future. But I don't fully agree with Pat either because I feel 30 years is a bit yeah. soon. So, I'm saying, I'm saying uh, give them 100 years and definitely the United States will be up there. Let me tell you why. The United States has the money. Look at the MLS. The MLS right now, how how old is the MLS? 30 years? They're, yeah, 34 years. Pat, 30, 34 years. It's a fairly new league, right? And the amount of people watching it, it's immense compared to what uh, the beginning of La Liga or the Prem was. The main, main part of that is that, uh, first of all, the money. You know, they're signing big names, Gerard. They're signing big names, David Villa, Ibrahimovic, Pirlo, you know. They're signing these max contracts. And that's because if the if the United States puts the money in, it's because they care about their future. So that's one thing. Another thing is uh, that the United States is so big that there's talent everywhere. Soccer is, as Pat said, uh, I think you said it was the second uh a sport most played in the country. No, no. I mean, it, it was kind of a, it was kind of stupid, but it was like thirty percent of households. No, 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 no. That the other one. It's the second most popular sport among twelve to twenty-four year olds. Only second to baseball. Yeah. No, only second to uh, I don't know what it was, but yeah, to baseball. Second to baseball. No, 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 no. no it was that the was baseball the, one. Was the other one. The, the, the baseball one was the kids playing more right, baseball. Well, than it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter if if you. If you if you compare those statistics to what what they were thirty years ago, you would see you wouldn't see soccer in the rankings. You wouldn't see soccer anywhere. So soccer is definitely growing in this country. You know, such a big country, uh, where, uh, you know, soccer is growing, and you know, with with this size, talent is not hard to get. If you have the if you have the resources, the size, and the and the determination, uh, well, of course, there's gonna be talent at the end. But the problem, a, pro- a big problem that I see with this country is that college is almost required. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say like that. No, it is. Yeah, like the yeah, like the American the American vision is the American vision is all right. You go to high school, you graduate, and then if you're good at sports, you go D one to college. You don't go to a uh, professional team. You don't go to uh, Europe. You don't go anywhere unless you're like really, really good and really, really sure you want to do that. But most people are afraid to take that big step because the, the the United States doesn't facilitate it. So they choose to go to D1 schools, which is a great option. But the problem with that is after you get your college degree, you're already going to be like, like, what, 23? Yeah. 22, 23. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 21 and 22. You know, for for a professional career, for a professional career, if you're really, really good, you might play till your forties. You know, that's mm-hmm. like those young ages are your time to build up, get your physicality, yeah. you know, 
learn the league, learn the sport, learn the contact, adapt to like the professional leagues, and uh, you know become a better player. And that's what the U.S. is lacking because they're so driven by that education. Which I mean, I kind of, I kind of see it as positive in one way since a uh, soccer career is not gonna last, you know, your whole life, and you know you might not well, you might not go well. Mm-hmm. And you that that education that 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 uh college degree might become helpful in the future, but you know there's also that other side of it where you're losing kind of like your prime years to build up uh and be the player that you will ultimately be. Yeah, that's my main point. That so yeah. again, yeah, like that's maybe my main point. Like that, there's no I mean, like real like like system of development here, like. Like a lot of soccer players just go D one soccer, which is a which is a good option, but like compared to like any other like like a program like Europe, like that's like completely subpar. Like they should be going to if you like you know what I mean, like the number one option shouldn't always be like college soccer. It should be like going to programs like, you know, honing in on your skills in order to, you know, be a future like, you know, player. And, you know, rather than just like focus on like academics, like yeah. focusing on you know, your sports career. So yeah. yeah. So I guess. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, I feel things are gonna change though. Like, in a matter of, in a matter of a couple of years, things are gonna change because we're seeing big names like Pulisic, we're seeing big names like Alphonse uh, Davis, we're seeing big names like Gio Reyna who are choosing not to go to college and pursue that that soccer career and are ultimately right now always on the on the news. You know, Alphonse Davis, he's he's a beast. He's he's not only an American. Um, yeah. I mean, he's Canadian, yeah. but. You know, he's not only in Canadian news, but even in Europe, like, you know, people are, like, fascinated by, by the player he, he is. since He's, like, one of a kind because Canada has, you know, they haven't had that mm-hmm. great of a player. So, you know, he chose he chose to go for that professional career instead of going to college. And it looks like yeah, it's paid off. So if the United States can incorporate that European model, they they might be able to succeed, especially because they have the money. If they put a guy like Pirlo coaching the U U twenty NYC, for example, they're gonna have a they're gonna have good coaching. They're, they're gonna have a talent. They're gonna have talent because the country's so big that they can sign players for, from all over the country, and they're gonna have the resources to to have a good squad and uh, ultimately be yeah. But this is the issue about like this is the issue about the Wait, let me just finish this one point and then you can talk. All right? Yep. Yeah, so, like, but the issue with, like, the U.S. is, like, they have, like, the... They have, like, resources and they have the population size to accomplish all these things. The issue is, like, they haven't done it, which is, like, the alarming part because, like, they have everything they need to succeed. And, like, the fact is they still can't beat, like... Like, if you want to win, like, a World Cup, like, you have to beat, like, mid-tier, like, teams like Mexico and they just haven't been able to, like, do that. Like, you know, like, yeah, Mexico's a good team, but, like, in order to win a World Cup, they have to be able to, like, make it out of CONCACAF, like, be, like, number one. And, like, they haven't done that at all, which is a I huge mean, issue. You, I mean, you also have to, uh, you also have to see that, you know, soccer in the U.S. is, it's a really young sport right now. I mean, it's been around for 30, the professional league has been around yeah, for 30 true, years. Right. So I under I understand your point. I understand the fr- the frustration as a you know American fan that that you are, but uh, I feel like this country definitely has a future. But yeah, Pat, you wanna? Yeah. Oh, I mean, one quick thing. This the European. Yeah, th- this isn't my whole thought, but there was um, 
a kid named Chris Richards, who is from Birmingham, Alabama. He plays for the second Byron team, Byron team two, like their, their B team kind of. And he played in the last game of the season for them. Yeah. So he was the first, um, first American born player to win, to be on a Bundesliga winning team. But uh, that was just a quick thing. Cause you were talking about Alfonso Davies, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I think the, the main dilemma is the college part. So we either, we have two options. We either realize that college is not always the option. And we kind of take the emphasis off that and say, like, if you're an incredible, if you're an incredible athlete and you want to take that chance, then go for it. We had to do that. Or we make college soccer a way more competitive, way bigger thing to be a part of. Because if you want to juggle. If you, and, and you give the up. You can go. Yeah, yeah, keep going. No, no, you can go. You can go. Uh, I was going to say, and, and you have the option, similar to the NBA where you don't have to finish college to go to a professional degree. You can just, like... Use that as a platform, as a jumping-off point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But in order for that to happen, the college soccer level has to be high because if not, big European countries, big European uh, clubs like Barcelona, Real Madrid, are not going to be looking into mediocre soccer in the United States. They're going to be focusing more on those academy teams in Europe than in these... uh, in these yeah but um, i think that's yeah yeah, that's true that that, that's the decision we have to make as a not only as a as a u.s soccer fans but as a culture in the united states just to take the emphasis off college because it's it just transcends sports it's like i don't know there's such an emphasis on going to college like in it's not even like it's not even you don't have to go to college because you're a stellar athlete who wants to go pro like you can just not go to college and go to a trade school or something. It's, it's college is a great thing, but it's also the pressure of going to college is not a great thing. Putting pressure on like these, you know, seniors in high school who aren't necessarily the biggest, best, most, um, you know, curious students in the classroom. They could be otherwise, you know, go to, like I said, trade school and be like an electrician or a carpenter or whatever. Like we, there needs to be a de-emphasization off college. I feel, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, another. This but I feel, also per- feel like, like development or like programs needs like be like like they need to put like way more money and like time into those too. Because so I feel like, I feel like even like school in general, like high school, like I feel like there needs to be like way more of like a a path like soccer players to take, like whether they want to go into a developmental like program or go to college, go to like high school even. So I feel like that's also like a big part of it. Like that's also how like a ton of like you know nations like their players like through like really younger ages i feel like even like like going to like um like a like academy instead of college i feel like that's even a bit too late too because like they're still like getting older at that point so like you really need to like harness like these kids like um you know like uh what's the word i'm looking for like you need like a harness like their their energy and like their you know um like athletic like you know like ability like at a young age I feel like waiting to like college is a bit, you know, yeah. even a bit too late too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a, a quick personal opinion. I mean, me and Pat were talking about about this in the studio, but mm-hmm. I feel like uh, football, football in a couple of years, I'm not like I'm saying like maybe seventy five, you know, eighty years. It's gonna follow the same uh, story that boxing has has been following and we've seen lately. I feel like football is gonna 
this is a personal opinion again. Uh, this might be a different debate in another yeah, we'll save podcast. It, but, yeah. but I feel like I feel like in my opinion football is gonna decrease and that's gonna leave an option for soccer to increase in this country which will, you know, ultimately see results in a hundred years, which is why I think that thirty years is not is not, you know, realistic yet, but a hundred years might. So that's another thing to look at. We might debate that over a different uh, different day because I know Miles has um, strong some, opinions on that. Some thoughts he, he yeah, strong Let's opinions. Let's not let on this that. run too long. But, uh, but yeah, it, yeah. But I mean, again, I feel like I'm not. I'm like in the middle ground of of both of you. I feel like I don't feel like the soccer uh, the soccer scene at the United States is lost, but I don't feel like the results are gonna come as quick as Pat thinks. I think I think the money is there, the skill is there, but I mean, I feel like the time has to be. You know, maybe a hundred years, uh, seventy years, whatever. You know, a bit, yeah. a bit longer yeah. than. I mean, you know, I could see, years, I could see, is, like you know, a couple, thirty, thirty years yeah. is too generous. Like I could see like results like in like a hundred years, but like I just feel like I, feel I like don't want to wait a hundred years. I'm gonna be dead by then. I know, but like that's the point. Like I don't think we're gonna like win. Like, I don't think we're gonna win a cup like, like in thirty I, years. I don't even care if it's thirty years. I mean, I want my my prediction is that it's thirty years, but I just like I'll be fine if it's in my lifetime. Can I just make one final point, and then I'm going to be done for the night? Yeah, go ahead. Like Eduardo said, our country has the money for sports. We're obsessed with sports. And if there's a demand to make soccer a big, top, like, like beat out the footballs and the basketballs of the world, if there's a demand for it, they're going to put the money towards it, and it's going to grow. Yeah, and and let me add this. I feel like the demand has increased. In the in recent years. All right, um, Miles. Any last thoughts? We got to get out of here. We've been here way too long. I mean, yeah, I, I just don't think the U.S. will like see any like huge results in the next thirty years. Um, I mean, one hundred to seventy-five years, I could see. Um, but I feel like the culture for sure, and not just with like sports and soccer. I feel like the education culture in the U.S. has to change too. Um, I think developmentally, like the U.S. has to like become way better at that. Yeah, they have to be at the like the level of, like European yeah. clubs or European like you know nations. Um, so yeah, I feel like in order to, like develop like a like good team that can win you know competitions, like everything needs to be like revamped. Um, and you know, I guess like the way we can we see education here, I feel like has to change too. Um, you know, not like in the sense that college should be completely abolished, but I feel like there should be way more options other than just college. Um, and like and really, right now. Like, really, right now, that's all it is. It's just a college. I mean, obviously. They're going overseas to continue a career, and I don't think yeah. that that's the way to go. Um, we need to, you know, we need yeah, to have, like, more Obviously, home. we're not yeah. going to, you know. Obviously, we're not going to change our, our views. But, uh, again, it was, it, was, it was good seeing, you know, everyone's uh, opinions and uh, what they thought of the mm-hmm. issue. All right, now that our USMNT debate has finished, we're going to go – and round up some of the news that's gone on since we uh, took our little hiatus once again. Um, so first thing we want to say is um, the NBA has finally confirmed that it's going to return July 30th. They're going to play in the Orlando bubble um, like we were expecting. I'm really excited for this, not only for the actual games, but for the meme potential. Um, I've been to Disney a bunch of times in my life. Um, it's kind of been like the vacation spot for our family um, growing up and uh, just hearing about what teams are staying at what hotels 
is kind of been really funny, especially for someone who like kind of knows the stature of these hotels. So um, I just want to go through that really quickly. Um, so the top teams, the top tier, I'm not going to list all the teams, but it's like, you know, like the Bucks, the Lakers, the, the highest seeds are staying at the Coronado Springs, which is um, a mid-tier Disney level hotel. It's kind of like intermediate. It's, it's all right. Um, the only reason they're staying there is because it's closest to the ESPN Wild World Sports um, complex where the bubble is happening. So it's probably closest proximity. Um, so people are acting like, ooh, Coronado Springs, like it's so great. And then uh, so the middle tier is staying at the Grand Floridian. The Grand Floridian is widely known as the best hotel at Disney. So they've totally lucked out. And it's even greater because even though they're mid-tier teams, they're probably going to be staying for the playoffs. It seems like the Pacers, the I think the Celtics maybe don't quote me on that, but you know, just teams around like the four or five seed. And then the lower teams who are still fighting for the eight spots, you know, the the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, the Kings, the Suns, all those Western conference teams fighting for the spot with the Grizzlies and whatnot. Um, they're staying at the Yacht Club and Edu. I've actually stayed at the Yacht Club. It is exquisite. I love it. It's probably my favorite hotel um, at Disney. I've stayed at like maybe one or two others, but it is absolutely amazing. Um, maybe it's farther away than the, to the, uh, you know, the complex, but um, everybody I've listened to like Bill Simmons, um, shout out Bill Simmons, love him and some other dudes. And they're like, like, Oh, they're staying at the yacht club. Oh yeah. I wish, I wish I got my brother Brendan on this because we would have a field day roasting all this, but you know, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but yeah. So that was, wow. that was pretty funny to look at. Um, other stuff, yeah. you know, the, um, like, like I said, and kind of, uh, noted, you know, there's 22 teams. Um, there's a lot of, like, you know, the wizards are the only team in the Eastern conference who are not in the eight seeds. They, they figured it out by, if you're six games back of the eight seed, you are, um, you can come into the bubble. So there's a bunch of different Western conference teams coming. Like I, I listed a couple off Kings, Suns, Blazers, uh, Pelicans, obviously the big Zion factor. Um, and then uh, after the regular season kind of tune up games have been played, we're going to do, um, you know, the regular eight seed, eight seed, or one through eight playoffs. And um, if the nine seed, when all this is done, is within four games, it's going to be the play-in, play-in um, game where it's basically kind of like a double elimination thing where the nine seed has to beat the eight seed twice and the eight seed only has to win once. So um, yeah. so I thought that was kind of interesting. I've, I've seen that in, like, you know, I think my, my like, youth baseball league had that thing. I mean, I – it was like third grade, but it doesn't matter. But, you know, like just seeing those things, seeing these types of like formats and tournaments and whatnot, they're, um, they remind me a lot of the stuff that I've played in. Yeah. I mean, it must be a privilege, you know, for you to say you had an experience at a, now as a, at a hotel where, you know, a couple of teams, a couple NBA top tier teams are staying, you know, so that's why I highlight. Another thing is, uh, I mean, we're going to elaborate on this, but, uh, you know, sports are coming back, you know. Corona is kind of calming down for a bit, and sports look like they're coming back, and, you know, that's what that's what we need right now, sports, sports, sports. Another another thing about the Disney option is that, you know, not only are sports coming back, but they're also uh, allowing the possibility to have playoffs and ultimately have an NBA uh, championship, you know, have a final, and that usually brings a lot of attention. Uh, so... Uh, this year, uh, because of the pandemic, it will land on the summer, 
which uh, might even might might even be even bigger for the NBA in terms of uh, how many people watch it and how many uh, how many people watch it and how many fans they attract because it is in the summer and because uh, less people are gonna be working, so uh, it might end up being beneficial toward the spectator and the um, and the NBA because of the possibility that it's gonna happen over the summer. Uh, but again, as Pat mentioned, uh, you know, at least they they were able to somehow come up with a alternate system that they could uh, uh, not not simulate, but you know, actually play uh, the NBA and uh, keep going with the season, and uh, hopefully they can finish it on a strong note. Yeah, for sure. And like you were saying, I think the people are saying the ratings are going to be a lot higher because we've been the sports fan culture has been starved so much of sports for what's going on three and a half months now and slowly things are coming back for at least soccer fans you know the Bundesliga just wrapped up which we are focusing on for a couple episodes now the Prem is finally uh, up and roaring which we're gonna about to get to after we finish this and you know so things are slowly starting to come back but for the average American sports fan the NBA and along with the NHL returning even though that's not that big whatever um, the NBA is going to be huge like, I think yeah. people are just going to go crazy watching all this stuff. Like you said, with the summer, kids are I mean, another, another Another thing to note is, uh, you know, maybe not – maybe the American, the normal American viewer does not notice this, but, you know, there's a – the NBA attracts a lot of people, including international. And uh, having a final over the summer might uh, – all of the possibility of, let's say, people from Australia, you know, uh, England, Spain, you know, who – uh, at the time where the final is, I, I don't know what the time is, but maybe six, seven p.m. on a normal on a normal day, they wouldn't be able to watch it since it'd be in the middle of the night. But now with this summer schedule, and uh, with the you know not the pressure of having work the next day, maybe maybe the 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 viewers will go up, and uh, maybe we see uh, we see a big big change for the NBA. Yeah, for sure. I never thought about that. It's actually a really good point. All right, so. You know, we didn't want to go too in-depth about the NBA because, you know, we were going to talk about the uh, U.S. national team stuff. That was going to be the bulk of our episode today. But now we want to do a little bit of um, just a couple minutes on the Premier League and the Liga. So I guess we're going to we're going to kind of tag team this with the Prem right now. So as I said, the Premier League is back. Finally, finally, it's back. Yeah. Um, there wasn't much suspense about who was going to win. And as we saw last Thursday, Liverpool clinched the title. After Chelsea beat Manchester United 2-1, beautiful goal from my boy Christian Pulisic. The American right Breakaway goal, the American Messi, my boy, number 22. Had his Dortmund jersey when he was like 16 years old. I'm the first ever Christian Pulisic fan the world has ever seen. No one, American, Nobody can tell you otherwise. And then the a American beautiful... Boy, the American boy handing Liverpool the title. Yes, it's so beautiful. And, uh, you know, Chelsea's been involved in a lot of title-clinching moments, you know, in 2000, 2000, what, 2016, um, when Leicester won the title, Tottenham was still fighting. My Tottenham Tottenham was fighting for first place still. They were hanging on by a thread, and they needed to beat Chelsea to keep going. And they were up 2-0, and then, you know, that was the year Chelsea had a really down year. I think they finished, like, 10th. But, um, yeah, and Chelsea came back and tied the game 2-2 after Eden Hazard scored, so... They had a part in that. And then obviously earlier, I want to say it's 2012, the last time Liverpool was contending, um, uh, you know, the Steven Gerrard slipped and gave it to Demba Ba and Demba Ba scored and that clinched the title for Man City. Um, so, yeah, like I said, you know, they've had a lot to play. 
in uh, title clinching moments. But yeah, so and it's been again, again, we don't want to go a lot, um, a lot in depth in the prem because you know that's another bulk of the episode. We're probably gonna do one coming up about the prem and you know La Liga and more in depth. But you know, some some things to know is that Tottenham is struggling after the, after the. After the return of the of the prem, I'm sorry, Pat, but I mean I had to mention it. Just uh, I don't so, know. I mean, I mean they ha- they're not in a good streak. Well, yeah, but that was that was before the pandemic. We played two games. I mean, we uh, I guess a draw was deserved against United, Menu, and then I mean we the West Ham game was a slog. That was so disgustingly ugly. Worst game I've ever seen ever. I mean, so two games, and, zero wins. I mean. No, 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 no. We beat West Ham. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, we we beat West Ham. Just kind of slogged it out, like I said. But I mean, we got yeah. Sheffield on Sheffield on Thursday. That'll be a big game, even though they've had that like wonder season where you, yeah, it's man. kind of a mind. It's a mind f. Like I'm you think, like, okay, table. Sheffield United. Yeah, yeah, Sheffield United should be good. Yeah, yeah, and like. They should. They're. They. Sh- I'm sorry. They shouldn't should be good because they're be Sheffield good. United, exactly. but they're also like right on our heels. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I expect us table. to. I'm, I'm looking that. at the table right now, and it's a one point difference. So. Yeah. That, that should be a pretty interesting. I mean, another yeah. thing to note quickly is uh Chelsea. Chelsea's making big money moves. There's uh this transfer yes, market because you know they they had the ban last time and you know couldn't do much, but they're making they're signing big players. So we'll probably get more in depth as I said earlier. In, yep. uh, got team in, the time. in the upcoming episodes. But, uh, I mean, that's another thing to know. Yeah, Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um. Then, all right, I think, you know, like you said, we'll, we'll save Prem for next episode. You want to yeah. say a, couple, like a minute or two on La Liga? Yeah, I'll, I'll just catch up with La Liga, you know. Uh, as you all probably know, La Liga is also back. Uh, there's been a bit of controversy because uh, with I mean, VAR is also controversy in La Liga. And, uh you know, uh, at the time before the pandemic, Barcelona was uh, up on La Liga, but uh, they haven't they haven't done too well, and they've they've uh, uh, they've tied today. They tied today Atletico, and um, they tied earlier earlier this week. So uh, Real Madrid uh, is as of right now, as it is standing right now, they're up one point, and uh, with the possibility to go about four points, which uh, which might be big for Real Madrid. Uh, but again, I mean, La Liga is back. Everything's back to normal. I mean, standards here are not very different than what they were. And uh, I mean, yeah, I'm just enjoying it. I hope I hope it keeps going well. And uh, we'll we'll have to wait to hear from uh, Champions League and what happens with that. I know that yeah. I know that I know the some some teams already qualify for next year's Champions League. But again, that will be in a future episode. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll. Check in back with the Liga and the title fight between two big powerhouses, Barca and Real, next time. I think that's all for us. Edu, I'll see you next time, bro. It was a blast talking to you and Miles. I'll see you next time. Bye. See you guys.